Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. So it's nice to do things to the church. It's nice to update things. We all love to update. Many of us do home rentals, whether it's a massive rental or whether you paint a room. But lo- many of us like doing it. Some of you will just sit at home and do it. If you're like me, you'll scroll through Pinterest. I just confess that. And you'll be looking at stuff and seeing different ideas. I honestly have the greatest ensuite washroom planned out in my head and on Pinterest. Um, if you follow me on Pinterest, don't do that. You'll be embarrassing me. But um, I have like the ultimate ensuite washroom in my plans. I just need an ensuite washroom. Um, <laughs> But it's there. If I have one, I know what to do. But here's the thing. How many people understand this? Not only is this building the church, but we can never forget that we are the church. We are the church. We are Christ's body. He died. He went back to heaven. And he, uh, sorry, he rose from the dead. Then he went back to heaven. For anybody that's following there, I just clarify. But he lives in us, and therefore we are his body. We are his operating body that gets to meet people and interact with people, and we are his example to the world. And I think it's amazing, if you think about it, that God lives in us. I know, how many people here know that God lives in you if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Good, good. So we all know that. Today, what I want to talk about is trying to understand that. There's moments in our lives where I don't think we get it. At least I didn't. I've been reading a book, and I just, I'm walking through this book. It's just it's been this transform, transformation of thoughts in my head of like, wow, that's true. Oh, my goodness, that's true. And so I just want to share some with you this morning. And we're just going to read First uh, Samuel 15, 22. And it says this, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. Do you realize that on Sunday mornings, how many times have, have we as leaders encouraged you to give a sacrifice of praise? You know, it's great to give a sacrifice of praise, but do you know it's even better just to obey and worship the Lord because that's what he created us to do? Do you realize that? Like, when we walk in and we're like, I don't feel like worshiping, it's what you were created to do. Understand that if you don't worship, The rocks outside will. That's what the scriptures tell us. And I don't know about you, but I never want to be replaced by a stone. Right? Like, can you imagine? Husbands, you come home from work, the table is set, you walk up to your chair to sit down, and there's a rock sitting in your chair. Uh, Why is this rock on my chair? You weren't doing what your responsibilities were, what you committed to, what your bow was, therefore, you've been replaced. By a stone. Right? Like when we think about it that way, we're like, you gotta be kidding me. But this is what God created us to do. He created us to worship Him. If we're not doing that, the scriptures tell us the rocks will cry out. That's how much He is supposed to be worshiped. So it's actually not about just coming to give a sacrifice of praise. It's coming into the house of the Lord and going, I'm gonna worship you because that's what you created me to do. 
Out of obedience, I will worship you. This was an eye-opener for me, because I'll be honest, everybody knows if you've been attending for a while, I can't sing. I mute this mic or I mouth the words when I'm up here. Because I don't want it to come through the mic, and neither do you. So this stretches me. But I worship out of obedience. I worship out of obedience. And the more that I worship him out of obedience, the more, I'll tell you, I actually enjoy it. It's amazing that when we're obedient, how many people understand, when your kids are obedient, they receive some blessing. Right? How many parents, let's be honest, if your kids are obedient and you have the obedient kid with you, it's not that it's your favorite, but at that moment it's the obedient one, you might slide through a drive-thru. But if everybody's in the car, uh uh-uh, ain't happening. One person ruined it for everybody. It's not fair. Hmm? That's the way it is. Right? Like, this is the understanding. And so how many people know that if we worship out of obedience, that sometimes God blesses us? It's not because we worship. It's because we were obedient. Understand that. It's not because you worship. It's because you were obedient. God seeks obedience. And when we come into this place... So many times we live in a society, how many people know you live in a society that we critique everything? Right, like you can pull out your phone right now, Google any place in Stratford, and there probably is a review there. And you can click it and read a review. So we are critiquing everything. So, so many times when we walk into church, we critique, we, we try to figure out like, do I like what Chad's wearing? Do I not like what he's wearing? It's November. Is he actually doing that? Melissa hopes not, but it might just happen. And so the, are we critiquing different things? When Jesus, understand when Jesus taught us to come before the Lord and pray, he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy are you. Reverence. Reverence. When you come into the house of the Lord, when you approach Jesus to pray, do you come in with your list or do we come in with reverence? Do we remember? We understand that God lives in us, but do we remember who God is? Do we remember who God is? The last couple weeks as I'm just just reading this book, and when I say reading it, it's on my phone. I'm listening to it. I'm cheating, but... I also have the book, and so there's stuff that I'm going back and I'm reading it to get the understanding, and it's like, and then there's so much scripture, and you're getting into scripture, and you're understanding, this is who God is. Just read the first couple chapters of Genesis. He just spoke. Understand it. When the trees and the grass and everything grew, he didn't plant a seed. He spoke. He spoke. How many gardeners in the room? Gardeners. few people. How many of you love would just to step outside your house in the spring and be like, roses? <laughs> right? Jesus just speaks. Like, I'd like to walk into my backyard and be like, grass, like golf course. Right? Like, mine's like the worst golf course in the world. But it's like, This is, God just speaks, and this is who lives in us. This is the God that's inside of you. This is the one that wants wants to have a relationship with you. We just talked about it. Paul warns us in 1 Corinthians 11 about taking communion and not having reverence for it. Have you ever asked yourself, 
I'm just, I'm just going to chuck this out there and I'm going to move on because I don't want to step in it, but I'm, I'm just going to chuck it out there. Have you ever asked yourself on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, if you were sick, is it the week of communion and how was your heart when you took it? Moving on. Just like the high priest entering the Holy of Holies, we are to treat prayer as sacred. Right? Like so many times when we go before the Lord, understand me, I don't believe prayers need to be crazy long. The Bible talks about don't go on in babbling, but there's, you, there's times to do that. But there's also times where like when you come before the Lord, when was the last time you knelt before him? When was the last time you laid on your face out of reverence? Not out of like, I'm tired, I'm going to lay down, but out of reverence. Like, I'm about to come before the throne of the Lord. Do we understand we want the presence of God to come all the time? But when I read in the scriptures, when the presence of God showed up, many people hit the floor on their faces. They hit their, just dropped because it was like, he's here. His presence is here. Do we have reverence for God? Do we still believe this is about us? Or do we have reverence for him? Who is it about? Who is it about? Ecclesiastes 5, starting at verse 1, says, Guard your steps when you go into the house of God. Go near to, go near to listen rather than offer sacrifice of fools who do not know what they do, that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. A dream comes when there are many cares and many words mark the speech of a fool. When we come to the house of the Lord, when we come to church, are we cautious? Are we careful? What do we speak? How do we interact with each other? I think it's interesting. He says, we go near to listen rather than to offer sacrifice. How often do you sit before the Lord quietly and just listen? See, many of us don't like silence. But where there's silence, you'll hear the voice of God. Where there's silence, you'll speak. There's moments where it just needs to be quiet. And when was the last time you sat in total silence? Phones off. Stretch you. No worship music. Just quiet, to allow the Lord to speak to you so he can stir up your heart so you know what he wants you to do. James 1, 19 says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I remember as a kid, my mom would always tell me, Chad, you talk too much. God gave you one mouth and two ears. She was right on all cases. I talked too much and she gave me one mouth and two ears. Do we listen to the voice of the Lord? There is no greater honor than to be a part of Christ's body. There is no greater honor than to be a part of Christ's body. When was the last time you thought about it? When was the last time you marveled at it? That you are a part of Christ's body. You're a part of him. 
You're part of his family. See, Ephesians 5, 29, 30, we read this last week. It says, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and they care for their body just as Christ does the church. So we are members of his body. See, Christ feeds and cares for us. Christ does that for us. He looks after us and he provides for us. Do we look after and provide and care for his church? Do we? The book I'm reading is by Francis Chan. It's called Letters to the Church. And he says this on page 34. He says, every believer needs to stare at those verses long enough. And he he has verses up there. I forget which ones they are. Long enough to be stunned. I mean, really stunned. He's talking about our relationship with the Lord. He says, Paul referred to it as profound mystery. If achievement is your idol, you won't make time for mystery. You will rush to the next sentence you will, so you can finish this book rather than to meditate on the miracle that you are a human being who is currently joined to God who dwells in unapproachable light. When was the last time we stopped to meditate on the fact that the living God wants a relationship with us and how sacred this is? When you're reading through your Bible, how often do you read a verse and pause and go, I know I'm supposed to read the whole chapter, but I need to stop for a while. My reading plan is not the check mark today. My encounter with the Lord is what I want and what I desire. So as I'm reading through the scriptures, and this scripture verse says, Christ abides in you. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Do you pause and go, wait a minute. This is the promises of God. If I draw close to him, he will draw close to me. They're doing worship in the nursery. Just letting you know. Got a little music in the background. We're good. I actually love that tune. I remember that one. Sorry, now I'm distracted. Do we remember that the Lord Jesus Christ, when was the last time, honestly, This has been going through my mind the last couple weeks. Do I truly understand? Think about the way we talk. Think about the way we interact with people. Think the way we talk about people and how we approach Jesus Christ. Do we understand who he is? Do we still marvel at the fact? I asked at the beginning, how many of us know and believe that Jesus Christ lives in our heart? And every one of you raised your hand. Where you go and what you say and what you watch and how you talk Do you remember that he lives in you? Do you remember that he's right there? Every moment, he's right there. Right there. When you said that, right there. That's not the guilt trip. That's not the lay it on you. We can repent and we're fine. We can move on. But what I'm trying to get to you is, do we understand the reverence of the Lord? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. I don't think we truly comprehend who it is that abides inside of us. Because if we did, we would live differently. We would pray differently. Man, we would pray differently. Think of the level of faith you would have if you truly understood and and believed. Not just know that he lives in you, but believe it. How you could walk in that. Ephesians 5.32 is where Paul says this profound mystery. Profound mystery. It's so profound. Do you understand that the Son, 
is 93 million miles away, and we can't look at it. But the scripture tells us that God is a light that cannot be, is an unapproachable light. Did you realize that? We can look at the sun and it hurts, but God, we can't even approach. Solomon, in 2 Chronicles 7, 1-4, says, When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down, the glory of the Lord upon the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices to the Lord. Do you know that fire fell on the day of Pentecost as well? When the presence of God shows up, fire will fall. John Raymer was speaking at um, uh, Holy Spirit Weekend at Brayside a few, couple of years ago. And he tells his story of when he was little, he was at home and his parents and some of the church people were having a prayer meeting at his house. And he was upstairs and all of a sudden he just hears on the door this loud bang. And the neighbor's yelling. And as his parents come to the door, they're like, what is going on? And they open up the door and they're like, you've got to get out, you've got to get out. We call the fire department, your house is on fire. And they all came outside and they looked up at their roof and there was fire on the roof, but the house was not burning. There was fire on the roof, but the house was not burning. We're not just talking biblical time. God can show up the same way. The same way. Here's my question for you. Do we actually desire it? Do we actually desire for God's presence to show up in the same way? The same way. See, it's interesting. We hear about things happening all over the world and God moving in such miraculous ways. And we question, God, why aren't you doing it in North America? Well, we're not desperate. Here's another reason. Do you know that when God shows up in those other countries, nobody keeps track of time? I love when people, I love when our church people go away on missions trips. I love it. Because here's what everybody comes back to. And I'm going to I'm going to just confess a pastor's heart to you. I have a countdown clock at the back. Don't look, because it really doesn't mean anything to me. But I know that I get complaints when our service goes long, but we want the Spirit of God to move. But when you go away on a mission trip, you come back and you're like, oh, the Spirit of God was so good. We had church for four hours. It was, oh, Pastor, it was, the trip was incredible. But if we had church for four hours, you would all leave after two, max. Uh, it would be in me to probably do it. Like, honestly, like, if we're honest, we hit two hours, man, the worship team better have killed it. I better have preached the best message I've ever had or people better be walking that weren't walking before. Otherwise, we're questioning, why did we go two hours? I'm being honest. This is my own, like my heart is the same. I'm trying to shift my own brain. If God shows up, 
And I know we all, we, as soon as I say that, so many people in the room are like, God is in us, you're talking about it, he's always here. But we know there's a difference. We understand that he lives in us, but there is a difference between his manifestation presence dropping into this room. Do you know that when we hear of other churches, when there's a revival happening, and all of a sudden a cloud forms in their sanctuary, so many of us question it, but the Bible talks about God showing up in a cloud. Maybe if I stopped criticizing other churches, God would feel free to move in ours. Maybe if I stopped saying, well, no, no, the Spirit of God wouldn't move that way. Why would he put a cloud in the room? Because if he showed up in himself, we would all die. If you haven't read the Bible, at least you probably watch Indiana Jones. Realize, if his presence walked through the room, we're all dead. So he shows it up a cloud so he can show to us, I am right here, right now. And we need to quickly bow. My response would be flat on my face, fast. The presence of God wants to come, but will we allow it? Do we desire it? Do I spend more time seeking his presence than I do for other goals and gifts? Many of us, if we want to get good at something, we'll devote hours, we'll take training, less, training uh, time, we'll take practices. We want to get our body into better shape. We invest money into a gym. We go every week for a couple, or every day for a couple hours and stuff like that. But are we spending time with God for the same impact? Or do we just think, I'll say a 30-minute prayer and it's going to switch everything? Trust me, I have been doing that at the gym and it's not working. You know what I found out? To get this temple into better shape, I actually have to change my lifestyle. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> I actually have to do physical work to get my physical body back in shape. Well, I don't think that's fair. I think God should just answer a prayer, and I wake up back in jeans that I used to wear call them my skinny jeans, but they're not skinny. They were just fit me when I'm skinny. We understand in our physical bodies for things to shift that we have to do something about it. Do you realize in your spiritual, if you want things to shift, if you want to get stronger, if you want to go deeper, you have to do something about it. We are the church. This is what we get to do. Understand that this is not a requirement. You didn't even choose to come to church today. How many times in our lives do we say, well, I'm... I, I attend Bethel. I choose to go to Bethel. Do you understand something? I'm not talking about Bethel. I'm talking about churches in general. It's a privilege. Our Heavenly Father, our King of Kings, allows us to come in to worship Him. Well, Chad, what would you do if, I, if none of us showed up? I would worship God. And I'd preach to the staff. And they would enjoy it. <laughs> but it's a privilege. It's a privilege. We have to shift our mindset. Well, I think we'll go to church this Sunday. Oh, the church is having this special event. Let's see if our calendars work out. Do you know your calendar will work out if you put it in your calendar before you put other events? I, I can vouch for Pastor Carlo and vouch for other staff that when we try to run events and people go, well, I'll see if I'm free that week, I'm like, 
Let me see your calendar. It's right in your pocket. What you're saying is this. Can I truly tell you what you're saying? Because I've done it. This is what we're saying. I'll see if nothing better comes up that's more important in my life than church and Jesus Christ. And if it works out, if I have nothing else to do, I might show up. It depends if I already have my comfy pants on. That's what we're saying. Now, we say all that. And then we come to spiritual leaders, we come to spiritual people that we look up to and we ask this question. Why is God not moving in my life? The same reason I'm not in skinnier pants. We're not putting in the effort. Well, shouldn't I just pray like, Shouldn't I just be able to say a prayer? Like, Chad, just tell me what to pray. Do you know that every one of my friends that posts on Facebook, like, right now, I don't know why they're all doing it. It's very discouraging. But they're all like, hey, last, like, two months, last week, last two weeks, down 30 pounds. And you're like, oh, it's good for you. I hate you. <laughs> Do you know what? I private messaged the first few guys that did it. I'm tr- truly transparent. Private messaged them. Hey, what did you do? What did you take? More or less, I want to know what you took. Tell me what pill it is. And they all text back. Oh, I changed my eating habits, and I go to the gym four times a week. And I'm like, oh, forget that. (laughs) Right? Like, I'm being honest. Now, don't get me wrong. This is all done. Everything's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back. Carl, you can, yeah, hold me accountable. I'll go back. See, I had to pause there because I got to know, am I committing? See, I see it publicly. Now everybody's going to hold me committing. Hey, Chad, you go to the gym today? Leave me alone. <laughs> but this is what we, we have this chance to do these things. Are we building one another up? Here's the cool thing. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 says this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become the dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are building blocks. We are pieces of Lego that are built on top of the apostles and the prophets And they are built with the chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Do you realize that's who you're a part of? You are a building block. As you accept Jesus Christ and you're part of the temple, he is in you and you stand on the shoulders of the apostles and the prophets. This is who we get to walk with. This is who we get to uh, walk with and be a part of. I cannot comprehend the fact that I get to stand on their shoulders because I'm building up with them in the temple of the Lord. Revelations 5.8 says this, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Not only does he hear your prayers, he keeps them. He doesn't just hear them. 
He keeps them. They're incense to him. Revelations 5, 13 and 14 says this, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, under the earth and on the sea, and it and all that was in them saying, to him who sits on the throne to the Lamb, be praised and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said amen, and the elders fell down again and worshiped. We are a part of not just the church, but his church and his body. This is who we are a part of. Francis Chan, he writes this, and he says this, you get to pour out love to him by serving those around you and considering them more important than yourselves. It's not about you, and you are glad it's not about you because this is something far greater than you. This has stood out to me as I read it. You get to, I get to, you get to, we get to pour out love to him, to God, by serving people around us and considering them more important than us more important than myself. And it's not about me. It's not about you. And we are glad that it's not about us because it's something far greater. Could you imagine if God's kingdom was about us? About me. This little big. It's far greater. And we get to be a part of it. Understand that we get to be a part of it. We're allowed to. Ephesians 1.4 says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us from adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Creation. When he created this world, it was done with you in mind. From the beginning of time, before creation of the world, you were there in his heart and in his mind. He predestined you through adoption, for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. This, the body of Christ, the church is not something we attend. The church is who we get to belong to. And this is where we need to remember, we are privileged to have a relationship with Jesus. And church is not an option. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Pause and think today that the king of the universe wants to have a relationship with you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that it is a privilege to come into this place and to worship you. Holy Spirit, help us to remember who abides in us, who lives in us. Help us to restore the reverence of who you are and Father, we pray that this week as we walk and as we talk with people, we are that light. Guide us and lead us, provide for us, protect us. And Lord, just restore us to this deep reverence and passion for you. And Lord, let us walk with you daily. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 